All right. Hello and welcome to Eucharistic with your host, Edward Cornwell. Um, it's a good way to start it off with a nice clean um. I've been uh, working on that all day, getting ready, getting ready for it, you know. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to record with headphones on, listening to the uh, microphone. And so I've been practicing doing that, so we'll see how well I have acclimated it. And so far, it seems to be okay and uh, excellent. So today is November 5th of 2020. It is now the second day after the U.S. presidential election, and uh, things are getting a little crazy out there. Um there's a lot of rumors. There's well, there's a lot of video evidence of voter fraud, um, all over the place. So that's fun. That's fun. I love voter fraud. I do. I do it on the weekends as a as a little hobby, you know, a little, uh, little hobby of mine. But um, let's see. So recently, I've been thinking a lot about identity politics and I know that was what I covered in my first video but uh it uh, really puts a fire in my belly you know so I don't know it's been something I'm thinking about because I feel like it's just you know uh invading and poisoning the entire world or at least you know no I'm not even going to say the civilized world because I know South Africa actually has legit identity politics issues like killing each other um luckily well there is that to some degree in uh the modern world currently but not like active wars but who knows this may age very badly um but i'm gonna get into the point here um so I guess I'll just start with this. I wrote a Facebook post about it, and I'm just going to read that to you guys and uh, see how it sounds here. So what is racism but treating people differently based solely on their ethnic background? That is fundamentally what it is, and not everyone knows this, but it's a bad idea, obviously. Treating human beings as members of a group rather than as individuals is directly responsible for some of the most horrific genocides in history. I'm sure I don't need to get into it, but Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia, and Maoist China, just to name a few, slaughtered millions because they were perceived to be part of a particular group. Some of us may not know what critical race theory is, but basically it is a political philosophy that considers power dynamic between races. This philosophy wants to put law into place that treats human beings differently based on race. This is racism, period. Donald Trump, the so-called most racist president in history, banned critical race theory for this reason. Who is it in the political landscape that wants to treat Americans differently based on race? The Democrats, air quotes. Postmodernists, neo-Marxists, socialists, and altogether the leftists. They are projecting what they are on the rest of the world. Claiming that the world is racist is deflection and projection. The left of today is actually the largest group of racist individuals in modern history. This may sound like a delusion, 
But if we take a closer look, we'll see the truth. Joe Biden specifically said that he would choose a black woman as his running mate. Tell me, what does the vice president's race or gender have to do with their qualification for a position of such competence and responsibility? There, this is no different than claiming that you are going to choose a white male as your vice president, specifically. The answer to the question as to what it has to do with her competence is absolutely nothing. I don't give a damn what the amount of melanin is in her skin, but Joe Biden clearly does. The left speaks of putting more people of all races in positions of power. This is perfectly fine if they are chosen based on competence and not on race or gender. I could care less what the pilot of my plane looks like as long as we get to the destination safely and on time. But the left thinks I'm racist because the pilot is white. A true democracy is a governmental system in which the individuals are treated like individuals. The modern, air quote, Democratic Party is anything but. The leftist media is playing us all like a violin, and it's embarrassing. I am sick and tired of identity politics because I am a goddamn individual. If this ideological sickness continues to poison American law, I will not toe the line. I will never treat people differently based on anything other than their character. And if this ideology wants to make it mandatory, they will have to kill me. Give me liberty or give me death. And that's basically the point. You know, I only gave one example in, in that post, you know, because don't want to make it too long, obviously. But uh, here in this longer form uh, landscape, you know, we have a, a larger opportunity. You know, for example, I actually had someone, uh, you know, post on my uh, or, or comment on that and, and say that uh, what the left wants is representation um, for people other than white men. And I said to her, you're doing exactly what I'm talking about. You're treating people as members of groups instead of individuals. We have this whole Black Lives Matter thing. I completely agree with that sentence. But to sit here and act like you're different from everyone else and should be treated differently because you're black is ridiculous. I understand the idea that the police are treating them differently. And there is some statistical evidence to say that is the truth. But it is one of many things that just because a statistic shows what you want to believe doesn't necessarily show, uh, prove that the cause is what you think it is. Meaning that, yes, more people per capita, more black people per capita die of police violence than white people per capita. That in and of itself is not proof that black or that police as a whole or as individuals for that matter are racist 
It does not prove that. It might suggest it, which is completely fair, but it does not prove it. Because there are many other avenues that could be at work here. For example, the extreme amount of crime in inner city areas that happen to be heavy populated with people of darker skin. But I that's not the point. I do not want to play this identity politics game. I really don't. It's it's gross to me. I do not like talking about human beings as if they're parts of groups. We are individuals, every single one of us. And we have the power to change our own lives regardless of what the media tells you. We are not victims. We are humans. If you want to be a victim, that is up to you. It is completely possible. But every single human being on the planet could absolutely make a logical, reasonable statement as to how they, in particular, are a victim. Doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from, it could be anything. Because when it comes down to brass tacks, every single human being on the planet is a victim of reality itself. We live in a blink of an eye. A hundred years tops. It's nothing. We have a moment to live. We are a victim to life itself. We have to drink, eat, and live every day. And it is not easy. And to sit here and say that it's easier for some and not as easy for others. Therefore, we need to take from from those and give to the other is ridiculous. If that's the case, then we in America and the Europeans and everyone all over the world that live in first world countries, including the Scandinavians, should be constantly sending checks from their own pockets to South America, to Africa. Africa's big. We should be sending checks to India as well. And China. Because the rest of us have it a lot better. A lot better. Regardless of where you live in America. So to... I've gotten off track. The American left politics specifically calls for people that represent groups to be placed in positions of power. They are the racists, if anyone is. They just don't know it. 
Because fundamentally, what racism is, is treating people differently based on their ethnic background. And that is exactly what you're doing when you're putting people in places of power specifically be because of their background, of their ethnicity. We have to treat people as individuals and put them in positions of competence and responsibility specifically based off of their character and competence and nothing else. I was uh, on the phone today and I was laughing with a friend of mine because I was telling him, I would not care at all if our president, if the leader of the free world was a furry. I don't give a shit. As long as they were good at their job, I don't care. The president of the United States could be a black lesbian with a blue-furred fox fursona and wears little fox mittens while they put their hand on the Bible and sign in as president and then howl at the moon. I'd howl with them if they're good at their job. I don't care who you are. I care about your character. And so to play this stupid game that we have to make sure everyone is represented based on their group identity, it will never end. Because group identity never ends. It's infinite. Human beings can be placed into an infinite amount of groups. You may say, black people need more uh, representation. And you may say, Latin people need more representation. Well, what about, what about Mexican Americans and Cuban Americans? They're not the same people. So should we have Cuban representatives and, Latin rep- or, and Mexican representatives? And then what about what about black people of African heritage and black people of Jamaican heritage and Australian heritage? Should we have other representatives for them as well? And then what about the women? Should we have a whole set of women, female representatives for all those different groups? And, uh, well, let's go further. What about, what about, oh, the Asians? (laughs) Do you know how generalizing that is? Saying people are just Asian could could very well uh, offend a good number of people because, for example, I could be wrong about this, but please correct me if I am, that... Japanese people and Chinese people very much do not like being lumped together. So, hey, let's have a Chinese representative and a Japanese representative and a female for both of those. And a Thai representative and a Vietnamese representative and a South Korean representative. We got to make sure all our bases are covered. If you want to be completely fair, we want to make all the groups completely fair, then... We also have to do that for every state. 
We have to make sure that every state has one of these representatives. And then you just keep getting more and more and more. Because then what about what about black trans people? They got to have their representative. Oh, and then uh, keep in mind, we also have to elect people that specifically represent white people as well. If you want it to be fair. And white women. Also, for it to be completely fair, the companies, the capitalistic companies, also have to have representatives for all these people. To make sure that, that all of their employees are, are being treated fairly. If, if, if we're... If we're specifically conducting positions of, quote, power as groups, if that's what we're doing. And this never ends. You can go on and on and on and on and create a million different groups. And you know what happens when people play like separate groups? They kill each other. It is inevitably what happens. Happened in Soviet Russia. Happened in Mount China. Happened in Nazi Germany. Groups kill each other. We have to be individuals that stand for something more transcendent than our goddamn group identity. I am not a fucking white male. I'm an American. I'm an American first, and I'm an American last. On the side, I do have a love and appreciation and a curiosity about my particular uh, genetic background. I do like learning about the old Scandinavian pagans. They're really interesting to me. But I am not a Viking. I am not a Swede. I'm not a Swiss. I'm not a Nord. I'm an American. And that's what matters. I don't... (laughs) It would be ridiculous for me to demand that there is someone of my particular genetic background representing me in parliament. I don't need that. It it's completely it's completely politically meaningless. My my genetic history of Scandinavian culture has absolutely nothing to do with policy at all. Nothing has nothing to do with our military policy, with our border policy, with our trade policy. has nothing to do with it. And it is the people that are screaming about racism. Surprise! Are the ones that are racist themselves. Because the rest of us We don't talk about it because it's a waste of time and it is a specter 
that we have left behind and it is being resurrected by speaking about it by acting like it exists that's what morgan freeman said he said i don't want no black history month do you want a white history month no i'm sure you don't so i'd really like it if you stop calling me a black man and i'll stop calling you a white man and we can get on our business <clears throat> thank you i've been working on my morgan freeman impression I know I'm a professional. <laughs> but you see the point. Morgan Freeman being black has nothing to do with who he is. Nothing important to the rest of us anyway. He's very successful. He's an incredible actor, an incredible voiceover. An incredible man. And... That has everything to do with his character and nothing to do with his fucking group identity. I'm, I don't know, <laughs> not sure what else to say on that. I don't want to, I don't want to cut it short, but I might, I might just do this 20 minute episode. I just had to talk about this because it's, it's kind of, it's just kind of baffling, you know, that we've actually been played by the mainstream media and by the people literally making millions, probably even billions of dollars off of racism because you have all of these, all of these young people not even young people, like people all over the country, all over the world that are very understandably concerned when they see people die on video. And they believe that it's because of the color of their skin. And that is not a hard leap to make. It's not a completely illogical decision or perception you know it makes sense but they give all this money they donate to the Black Lives Matter organization millions maybe even billions of dollars that they do nothing with they don't do anything with it except make more propaganda I mean, if they if they have all this money, why don't they have a direct Black Lives Matter supported politician that goes into office and makes effort towards changing the police system? They don't. Because racism is their market. If they fix racism, they're not making any more money. This is the same thing with the medical field. Don't make cures. Only make supplements. Only make... Oh, what do you say? Symptom blockers. 
So that way these people with their problems can continue to pay more and more and more money. And then you just hang out. It's it's completely reasonable. Thomas Sal has been talking about this forever. That there's literally a financial market for racism. These, there are people that work to tell the rest of us that it is a serious problem because they make money off of it. And it's pretty sad, you know, I, I've grown up in my life with family and friends around me telling me that the American people get hypnotized by the mainstream media. And I always push back against that idea. Well, not always, but at least in recent years when I've kind of come into my own. I've pushed back against that idea because I'm an optimist at heart. And I have faith in human beings. I think that you know, we can rise to the challenge and we can see through the lies and we can access the truth that's at the core of any problem as long as we put our mind to it. I truly, truly believe that. I love human beings and I think that they can be absolutely essential for working towards the good. But I feel kind of defeated. I feel sad that I feel wrong. I feel like I was wrong. I feel like we have been. We have been played by the media. We have towed the line and just believed whatever they told us. And you know what makes sense? Because... When you can't trust the biggest, oldest media conglomerate, news reporting groups, who can you trust? I, I think it's fear, I think. Well, if I can't trust the mainstream media, I can't, I can't trust anything. I can't believe anything. And that happens. That happens to, you know, people I know and like, you know, QAnon who when they can't trust the mainstream media anymore, that really happens. They don't trust anything. They start questioning everything. They think every single person who puts out any news or idea, they're all working for the man, for the people pulling the strings, for the lizard people. And I don't know. Maybe there is some spooky group pulling strings behind the curtain. I tend to not think so. But I don't blame people for thinking that because it really starts to seem like it when you're lied to over and over and over. And I just, I'm, I, I honestly feel sad because it's so obvious to me 
that the that the mainstream media that that you know CNN all those guys and even to a more concerning degree Facebook, Twitter, Google even more invasive forms of media they they control the narrative to what they want and they literally they literally brainwash people all over the world including Americans and damn I I had more hope than that I didn't I didn't think I I didn't realize how easy it was you know I read this book a while back called Persuasion he talked about how these researchers when they uh by the way if i'm repeating any syllables um it's because i'm hearing my voice like just slightly delayed in these headphones so please bear with me <laughs> um anyway persuasion he tells the story about a research uh team they surveyed people and asked them what the most important moments in U.S. history were, like the top three or something like that. And the average answer was, oh, I don't know, like the signing of the Declaration of Independence and other stuff. Nothing immediately comes to mind. But the interesting thing is that some, you know, like a good percent of the of the time, 9-11 would be, you know, maybe like the fifth spot, fourth spot, you know, kind of depending on the person, obviously. Maybe not even on there if they weren't thinking about it. But on the day of 9-11, um, it was very common to be at the top of the people's list. So what this goes to show is that what you're paying attention to, we as human beings, this is a, a flaw we all have, but I don't think you're getting away from it. Uh, you know, I think it has its uses, you know, but it can also be manipulated. And that thing is that we give importance to the things that we're paying attention to. So when 9-11 is on our mind on that specific day, we then uh, give it imp higher importance than it might uh, otherwise have. So the media literally controls what people think is important by talking about specific things. So the media could very well, well I mean, we all know this. It, it, they do it to me. I know they do. I mean, not like specifically to me. I'm not, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should get some tinfoil and put it on my head. <laughs> but what is being talked about in the mainstream media is inevitably talked about within my family and my friend group and, you know, my whole network of human beings. Because... It, it spreads and it's considered to be the important thing of the time. And that's why I'm talking about, 
identity politics right now because, well, it's on my mind. So I deem it important. And so the media could be talking about anything and we will, including me, deem it important because they're talking about it. And I highly doubt that they don't know this. They know that people, Americans, consider things to be important based on what they talk about. They don't necessarily... Well, I think they do. But it's very much more difficult to control our opinions about a thing. But to make us feel that a certain subject is important they absolutely can do just by you know talking about it and claiming that it's important and you know it's like a uh, it's like a boy cried wolf situation i've i've never felt in my life well i don't know why i phrased it like that let me pull my phone up there Recently, I was thinking about the boy who cried wolf story, and I realized there's more to it than just lying. Because it's not it's not specific that the boy lies. It's only that he cries wolf. It's not explicit about him lying that there's a wolf. It very well could be the case that he thinks he sees a wolf but doesn't confirm it and then cries to the rest of the tribe about it. So then inevitably after multiple times of him either lying or thinking that there's an actual wolf without there being one, they don't believe him. So then when it comes, it, you know, kills them all or however the rest of the story goes. And so for a lot of people, including myself, that's what's happened with the mainstream media. They cry wolf, and they cry wolf, and they cry wolf. You know why? Because crying wolf is what gets the clicks. It's what gets the eyes. Because crying pancakes and syrup, not as many people care. But everybody cares about a wolf. Because some people are really enthusiastic about you know pancakes and syrup. Whatever get it, but everybody's going to be concerned about their late safety and their children's safety when a wolf is coming down the lane. So it is part of human nature that bad news sells better. And so that's what they've done. And me and many other people have decided to stop listening because it's obviously what they're doing. They cry wolf and wolf and wolf, day after day. Something is always destroying our safety, whether it's fucking COVID-19 or racism or Russia or North Korea or Ebola or AIDS or anything. Whatever gets the most clicks. Whatever gets the most views, whatever gets people talking, that's what they want. Because that's what that's what pays their bills. 
So they don't care. They don't care about the truth. It's like the the Colby Covington situation. They literally cut out the first half of the video just to generate controversy because they know that controversy is what makes them money. The it is the media companies well it's a joint collusion between individuals and the social media companies and the mainstream media that is tearing the country apart because they provide us with controversy and we accept it and we fall for it and it's just sad man it it truly truly depresses me because I have hope in human beings and I still do it uh, it's just kind of sad you know but um, there there is light you know it's uh it's not all bad. If you know, there's a good. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, but Joe Biden very well may win, and if that's the case, and that's the case, and it seems to me could be wrong, but it seems to me that the continual growth and governmental possession by identity politics will continue. And sucks that I'll be here for the ride, but these people that have been crying for it, they will get their just desserts. They'll get it. And there will be blood. Nietzsche called it in the 1860s when this stuff was starting there. Even before the Soviet regime before before the Nazi regime. He called it because he saw it happening. So mark my words. If this, if we keep playing the identity politics game, all of these Southerners, all of these other people, they'll say, fine, we'll play your game. And there will be blood. But there really doesn't have to be, you know? And even if that comes to pass, you know, the the sun will go down on a burning world. But it will inevitably, inevitably rise on a one with new grass. With new life. Because we are goddamn human beings and we prevail through anything including our own self-destruction and we have to we have to bind ourselves together we have to work together as a human race because there will come a time when the earth itself will be at danger when an asteroid or meteorite or comet is coming our way, 
And we have to have our shit together to live. Because we could stop that. Only us. There is no other living being on the planet other than human beings that can save it from inevitable destruction. Yes, we may be polluting the atmosphere. But so do volcanoes. The sun itself causes global warming. There are ice ages after ice ages after ice ages that wipe out species. And us as creative conscious beings, we have the power and potential to stop that. We have the potential to create a truly beautiful garden and expand our civilization into the stars. But to do that, man, do we have to play together. As one world of human beings, we may be of different countries, under different creeds, in different states. But at the end of the day, we have to play as a team. And acting like group identity and group power is what matters most. Is absolutely destructive to that future. Because you can't accomplish real things when you're running around worried about someone representing you as your particular group and not as an individual. It's not efficient. You can't get work done. It doesn't work. But I have faith, man. At the end of the day, I really do. Because life is suffering and Whoever you are, you will inevitably be put through the fire. And only the strong survive. That's evolution. And the strong, the successful surviving species are the ones that play well together. The, the successful life is the stuff that plays as a team that works together and doesn't kill each other. Wolves, they have completely loyal packs and even when they get into an argument, they don't kill each other because they've evolved not to. Same thing with every other pack animal. And we as human beings, we are pack animals. And we need to act 
like the human pack. Not like the... I'm not even going to name any groups because I'm not playing that game, but... The point being is... Those of us that do have a mind for the good of all life that look forward to the future with pride and hope and treat ourselves and each other as individuals, we will prevail. It's only a matter of time. I just hope it comes sooner rather than later. But that's me, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in to Eucharistic. Um, I was your host, Edward Cornwell. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Um, follow me on Parlor at Eucharistic. And feel free to go friend me on Facebook. My, uh, well, I'm Edward Cornwell on Facebook, obviously. I'm sure there's going to be a million other of those. So um, good luck finding me. Uh, one of these days I'm going to post these on YouTube. Maybe. Uh, depends on how I'm feeling. Uh, <laughs> whether or not I want to contribute to their communism. Their, uh, but yeah, you get the point. So thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. God bless. And uh, what would you say? Ganesh bless and Buddha bless. I love it. I love it all. I hope Odin's looking down at me right now and Give me a nice little rune spell. <laughs> Peace.